Before you leap into entrepreneurship, you better consider your temperament and compatibility with your partner. Sound advice from Burt Jones, class of 1978. Welcome to Trinity University's Learning Together podcast series. I'm Nathan Cohn, class of 1995, your host. I work at Texas Public Radio in San Antonio, where we sometimes characterize what NPR does as the nation's biggest continuing education course. And that's why I'm excited to be a part of this podcast series featuring faculty, alumni, and other guests who've established themselves as experts in their fields. Today, we welcome entrepreneur Burt Jones, who brings over 30 years of experience as a private venture investor and business strategist to Covalent Interests, where he serves as managing partner. His conversation partner is Michelle Mudge Riley, class of 1999, a business owner and adjunct professor for Trinity University's entrepreneurship program. Their conversation covers important topics that are hard to teach in entrepreneurship classes. I think you'll also find it will include a lot of practical advice. All right, I think we're going to get started. So, hi, Bert. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great today. It's so great to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's good to good to have a chance to talk with you. Yeah, so I know today we are going to talk about two of the big important topics that are hard to teach in entrepreneurship classes. Is that right? Right. Yes, and and uh we'll start with that and and uh you had mentioned a couple of things too, so uh we'll we'll see how much time we have, but uh uh yeah, the the uh the idea that that I, I thought might be of value is that uh, there are there are some things that uh, even uh, uh, at Trinity are a little hard to uh, put on the blackboard and 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 teach in an entrepreneurship class, uh, and we we might uh, provide some value by covering a couple of those things. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, at teaching a course, I can just tell you that there are so many things. So. Um, yeah, let's get right to it. And one of the things I know we were chatting about that, that you wanted to mention were, were partners and just the fact that, you know, the biggest decision a person sometimes makes in life is, is relating to their selection of their spouse or their life partner. But in an entrepreneur's life, this situation arises more frequently out of circumstance um, so, yeah, we'd love to hear your input on what are some of the key considerations when choosing with whom to partner. Sure. Well, this was an interesting exercise because it, it caused me to uh, to look back uh, over the, the decades and uh, uh, think about uh, partnerships uh, that I've had and which ones worked well and which ones uh, did not and uh, how to try and figure out um, characteristics of, of each of those two groups. So um, I did that. I listed out all my partners, and, and uh, you know, I'm a, a venture capitalist, and, and so I added uh, CEOs that uh, I've worked with uh, because they are uh, sort of like partners. And uh, so I, it was a pretty long list. And uh, uh, in, in going through this, I, I came up with some – uh, attributes that uh, might be um, helpful to look at, and and I'm just going to start by listing those off, and then talking a little about each. Great. And uh, yeah, so uh, I came up with this list: contribution to the success of the effort, and and how likely that is uh, uh, from each uh, potential partner. Uh, compatibility of the of the partners with each other. 
Uh, and then the overlap of skill sets that they have, temperament, emotional maturity, and uh, some things that, that may not be apparent at first, but I've learned the hard way, which is buy-in from the partner's spouse or significant other. And, uh, and then there's the, uh, uh, the famous, uh, don't forget to put a mutual buyout clause in your, uh, agreement if you don't <laughs> have one to begin with. So, th- so going back and looking at, at each of these, um, uh, I, I think the circumstance that you, um, that you talked about, uh, will, will really, uh, to some extent, these partnerships are, are sort of uh, go no go. Uh, frequently, you don't really have the option of of saying, "Well, I want a partner, and who will that be?" It's rather, "Well, I I'm presented with this potential venture, and here's the person." And uh, uh, a lot of the effort, of course, goes into uh, is the uh, idea viable, and and can we fund it, and so on and so forth. But um, you really should look at how am I going to get along with this uh, other person, and um, uh, an important part of that, of course, is are are they really going to contribute to the success of this venture, and um, how do I feel about the level of their contribution, uh, and and then of course, uh, what's the economic um, uh, deal behind this, and. And are we? Um, are, are, uh, does it? Does it? Is it priced fairly, if you will? So, is the are the partners equal in terms of their contributions and in terms of their equity? So, that's that's certainly something you want to make sure that 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 uh, if they're two partners, that both of those partners feel that they're they're being priced fairly. Compatibility is is super important. Um, I. To be honest, I think when a person is young, they may not know themselves all that well, and uh, uh, th- that is something that 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 does get easier with age and experience, and um, that's good because most most things don't. But <laughs> there are a few things that get better, and uh, so I, I think the old adage about uh, "know thyself" is is uh, super important, and and um, know how you're going to react with uh, the personality type of the partner that you're proposing to be uh, involved with. Um, And then that sort of flows into the overlap of skill sets. Uh, In looking back at my successful partnerships, uh, the the ones that involved uh, someone who had skills that were different from my own um, presented the highest probability of success, I would say, um, maybe also the highest level of stress, uh, because um, frequently people who see the world differently uh, have trouble agreeing on uh, how to how to act uh, uh, about a given situation. But in in reality, if their um, if their skills are uh, the same, then there just really uh, isn't all that much reason to have two folks with the same skill sets. Sure. So, yeah, and and so I, I my um, uh, the person that I spend the most time with now is a, is a good example. Uh, this is someone who um, has a completely different skill set than I do, 
And um, this uh, relationship, this partnership has been very productive, I think, uh, because of that. So um, uh, the, the, the person that I'm uh, working with now um, is uh, a, um, an, an ex-corporate uh, lawyer um, and has had uh, lots of experience with uh, regulatory issues, uh, is very thorough, very smart, and um, very uh, meticulous. Um, and I am none of those things. So, uh, it's really, it's really helpful to, to have this person and, and they contribute to the success of our undertaking. And we, we also can, um, uh, can subdivide our task more easily because we've acknowledged who's good at what. And we can sort of stay out of each other's uh, way in that regard. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's been real helpful. Um, I've I've looked at some CEOs that I've had in the past who thought maybe too much like me, and I think we missed things that were uh, that were that were coming at us because we had the same viewpoint. And so um, while. Though that relationship that I'm specifically thinking of was a very easy relationship, it may not have been the most um, effective relationship um, because sometimes we just simply thought too much alike and others came up and hit us in the face and said, hey, you didn't think about this. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. But uh, anyway, so uh, temperament, of course, you... Uh, Temperament and emotional maturity are, are both super important, and, and uh, I know you work with a lot of, of um, uh, executive folks, and, and I'm sure you've seen uh, you've seen personalities that, that worked and personalities that were just incredibly difficult to uh, to work with. What what are your uh, what's your experience been on that? Oh yeah, well, and everyone is different, and like you said, everyone brings something unique. And that's a good thing. Uh, I think temperament is the same way. So while we may see certain temperaments as maybe not being as um, positive as others, sometimes that's the temperament that's necessary for the situation. So it seems to me that the success of a venture is often related to all of these components. And, and temperament is one of those. Where have you seen it? as being really vital or really helping um, to make a venture successful? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there are just some situations that you find yourself in where uh, you're, you're working with difficult people, and hopefully you're not partnered with a difficult person, but you might be. Mm-hmm. But if you're, uh, you have a difficult person who is key to your success that's external to the organization, uh, you know, if you if you know your partner really well, one of you may have a personality that's just better at dealing with that um, uh, external difficult person than the other. So you can, maybe can tag team a situation. So again, it's just really important to know um, who uh, who you who you're partnered with and and what they're good at and and what you're better at and what they're better at and 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 try and and have really open communication so that you um, you can figure out who's best suited for which task. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those are some great components and they describe um, what makes up a partnership. And so let's kind of move into what are things that someone should consider if they're wondering if they should be an entrepreneur? You know, am I suited to be an entrepreneur or is this the right time in my life to do this? What kind of questions would you want to ask yourself if you're considering that? Yeah, that's uh, that's a super important topic. And, um, you know, uh, some people are just more comfortable with uncertainty than others. And um, uh, I, I happen to be married to a person who is not at all comfortable with uncertainty. <laughs> and uh, that's been uh, a kind of a challenge from time to time for her living with an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm sure. So I hear about that periodically. But uh, I think, you know, just an honest self-assessment is super important. And if, you, if you're a type of person who um, gets uh, rattled easily when things go wrong, you really need to think about whether being an entrepreneur is, is uh, what you should engage in, uh, because it's, um, you know, it really is uh, there's there's metaphor of being in in a war. That's uh, uh, fortunately I I, uh, I missed out on all the wars during my lifetime, but uh, I, I feel like uh, I know a tiny bit about what that might be like, because when you're you're in um, in uh, an entrepreneurship uh, uh, situation, you never know what's going to come at you, but it it won't be what you plan for. Even though you do need to plan, it won't be. It won't be what you plan for, so you you better be comfortable with uh, the unknown and in thinking on your feet and being resilient. I mean, I think that all of those things are very important. So you really should be honest in uh, in your self assessment uh, going into it. Uh, so uh, you know some of the other things to think about um, the obvious of. Um, if there's a financial investment involved, can mm. I can I afford to lose it? And uh, most uh, most small businesses start with friends and family money, uh, and you know you, you better make sure that you don't take money that can't be lost from your friends and family because uh, uh, you know well the obvious that's just a train wreck ready to happen. <laughs> so, Bad practice, yeah. Uh, <laughs> need to be honest about that. Hello, this is Danny Anderson, president of Trinity University. Thank you for listening to the Learning Together podcast series brought to you by Trinity's Office of Alumni Relations and Development and produced here on campus by our friends at KRTU 91.7 FM. We're so glad you tuned in today and we appreciate your continued support of lifelong learning at Trinity University. Welcome back to the Learning Together podcast from Trinity University. I'm Nathan Cohn. Let's return to the conversation with Burt Jones and Michelle Mudge Riley. I've thought also in preparing a little bit for this discussion today about who our audience might be and and at, at what um, stage in their life they they might find themselves in. So um, it, it's interesting, it's sort of a paradox. I mean, people who 
uh, are uh, young and, and just starting their professional careers uh, probably don't have the knowledge base of the industry that they really need in order to be successful. Um, and uh, that's, that's certainly a drawback. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if a person is young and uh, fails at a business, which will probably happen, they may find it a lot easier to get back in the, in the workforce and, and build themselves up again and uh, take another uh, try at it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it, uh, every, every life situation has its uh, pluses and minuses relative to this decision about whether to, uh, to risk being an entrepreneur or, or not. But um, if, if a person is young uh, and they don't have family commitments, um, then that makes it a whole lot easier uh, to uh, pick yourself up again if you, if you fail. But if that's the case for any of our, our listeners, I would say you better find a way to acquire that industry knowledge because you will absolutely need it, whether it's a mentorship or um, a uh, uh, an investor relationship that can bring that or whatever. Uh, you just absolutely must have that industry knowledge on board. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and on the opposite end, you know, you have older individuals who may have that industry knowledge or experience, but maybe wouldn't be able to afford to lose as much. So is there a perfect age or perfect life time to start a business? No, I don't really think so. I, I think it's just a matter of, of uh, uh, doing the best you can and, and uh, uh, aligning the stars in your favor as much <laughs> as you can. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about, well, how do you know when you're risking too much? And, yeah. and I, did, I did come up with something there. I, I think uh, if a person is um, uh, at least of an age where they can get back in the workforce if things don't work out, then the bright line on, on what is too much to risk really is around your family. And um, if, you, um, if, you, uh, if you risk uh, your, your financial wealth and, and, and lose that, that's one thing. But um, it's the level of commitment required to be successful is hard on a family and uh, I've known plenty of people, unfortunately, who have uh, blown up their family uh, in risking it all on a venture, and that's a really sad thing. So it it, it really, in my mind, is the bright line uh, that one should never risk uh, if 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 one is serious and and hasn't started a family. Uh, I know this. Uh, this may sound a little radical, but uh, yeah, you might want to think about not doing that until you have <laughs> figured out if you're going to be successful in in uh, in a venture. So uh, that's that's a very debatable position, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't claim to be um, to be necessarily right on that. That's what I did, and I got lucky, and and uh, I didn't blow up my family because I didn't have one, uh, but I would have blown it up if I did. So <laughs> that, was, that was my path anyway. 
Uh, well, you, so you mentioned um, that you've had a business, and I know you've had multiple businesses, but let's talk about the concept of minimal viable um, product or prototype. Um, and, and even moving the, from that to scale, talk about some of your experiences, either personal or things that you've seen. Sure. Well, it's really interesting that you brought this up because um, I was in a board meeting just last week where we had a, um, let's see what adjective to use, um, I'll say intense uh, discussion about what is or isn't uh, the, the least viable um, set of features in a product that this particular company is offering. And um, it seems that uh, one can uh, can segregate worldviews in business uh, along the lines of either sales and marketing or product and features. And uh, for the most part, I find myself in the uh, product class uh, so that what I believe is that the most important thing is uh, whether your product meets a need in the market, and then you can figure out how to sell it. And uh, I'm in a situation in, in one of my companies with some very smart, very expensive, uh, very, um, well, yeah, actually, they were kind of expensive too, uh, <laughs> but very uh, knowledgeable folks uh, who, uh, uh, the, the CEO of this company and, and then one of my board members who is a um, very successful VINCAP person and um, has uh, uh, has a very different view of mine, and he thinks he's right, I think I'm right, and, and uh, over this very topic. So when do you know when your product uh, is uh, the, the least has the least viable set of features? Uh, uh, and when do you conclude that no, um, the product's good enough. You just haven't marketed it well enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's really hard. Uh, so what can you do? Well, focus groups, talking to customers, knowing your industry, as I mentioned earlier, those are all absolute requirements. Um, and um, keeping a very close eye on um, how your initial sales go. Uh, so, uh the um, there's there's obviously uh, no no magic formula, but just uh, believing what the market tells you, I think, is the most the most important thing there. And um, it is uh, another interesting topic that I've talked on before. Actually, at Trinity is is the concept of self delusion. Um, and I'm not prepared to say self-delusion is a negative thing for an entrepreneur, believe it or not, mm -hmm. because I think um, if any of us uh, went into our businesses knowing how hard it would be, uh, we probably wouldn't do it. Right. <laughs> so, a little bit of self-delusion may be helpful. But you better listen to the market because um, uh, th that's uh, that's ultimately where, where the truth lies. So. Uh, again, I, I'd say that if I can come up with anything tangible in this concept of what is a minimum viable um, product or, or prototype, um, you better you better listen to what the what the market has to tell you. Yeah. So then, what about scaling? When do you know to scale and how? Yeah. So I think the important thing there is you need to you need to have at least a really good idea of how to do that. 
before you start. So uh, getting into a situation and saying, oh, wow, our customers love this, but uh, uh, we can only make a few of them, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an awful thing, and you really need to figure that out on the, on the front end. So in the software industry, that's, that has changed so much. And, and, oh, it's just a dream uh, how, how companies can be scaled now with uh, uh, cloud computing. It, it has just changed things so dramatically. And um, I've been in situations where we've come in um, in, a, in a somewhat mature uh, industry with a a new product offering that's cloud-based that gives us a uh, completely different uh, cost structure and uh, feature set um, and time to respond to to new features just because of that. So huge advantage. So, yeah, you, you need to figure that out on the front end. And if you can't scale, you need to change your business plan. That's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're getting close to the end of our time together. So um, I'd like to ask, is there one thing you'd like to leave the listeners with, a a key takeaway? Sure. Okay. Well, I think think this concept of not being naive is, uh, is a really interesting one. And again, it is like several things in, in entrepreneurship. It is somewhat of a paradox because you, you almost need to be a little naive about um, how difficult something uh, is to do, uh, but um, you had best not be naive about um, getting along with your partner and in listening to the market. So I, I would I would say the concept of naivety is um, uh, be <laughs> be naive. <laughs> <laughs> where it where it uh, is uh, helpful and uh, don't where uh, where the market is concerned and where relationships with your family and your and your partner are concerned. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense because if you are going to be driving what it is you believe in, you really better believe in that um, a lot and a lot, right? And then listening to the market and your customers and taking feedback from that and feeding it into how much you like and believe in your product. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Bert. It's been nice talking to you again. It was a lot of fun. All right. It was great to talk with you, and I look forward to to seeing in in person at Trinity or or somewhere soon. Yes, absolutely. All right. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Learning Together podcast. I'm Nathan Cohn. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Trinity University's KRTU radio station for the Office of Alumni Relations and Development. New podcasts will be released on the last Friday of each month. For more information about our Learning Together podcast series or to suggest a topic for a future episode, please email us at alumnipodcast at trinity.edu. 